Chapter 12 I hovered and I hovered and I hovered some more. The bellman and the guest were talking. So, you work for CBS News, huh? Yup. You know Cookie Roberts? She's at ABC. Oh, yeah. So, do you know her? Nope, but I know Dan Rather. Uh-huh. That cookie, though, she's hot. I mean, for a news person and all, she's hot. And at long last, I saw what I was waiting for. A crescent of light. The bellman was tipping his hat again. I blew out of there at top speed, out beneath the brim. I headed for altitude. Hey, something just flew out of your hat. Whatever you say, sir. You know who else is hot? Bobby Batista. You know her? She's CNN. I shot toward the ceiling, cranked a hard right, and went skimming at rocket speed. The textured white plane of the ceiling was just an inch above me. I spotted curtains and did a neat loop down behind them. I grabbed some curtain rod and hung on, waiting for my stomach to catch up. We're in, I announced. Now what do we do, Prince Jake? Ox asked. Wish I knew. We need to get a look around this hotel. Our time is running out, Ox reminded me. We can't demorph with this guy in the room, Cassie said. We have to find an empty room fast, I said. I think I know the way. I zoomed off, skimming just below the ceiling. My goal was a rectangular grate at the top of a wall, the air conditioning vent. Was there room enough for me to squeeze through? I aimed for the vertical opening, turned sideways, folded my wings back, and shot through. Yeehaw! What yeehaw? What are you yeehawing about? Marco asked. We're in the air conditioning vent, I explained. It is chilly, Cassie remarked. We must demorph very soon, Ox pressed. There was plenty of light from the various room vents. I zipped along, pausing only to glance into each room we passed. They were all occupied. A lot seemed to be reporters just unpacking. In one, I saw what looked like Japanese security guys setting up equipment of some kind. But nowhere we could demorph. It was getting desperate, as Axe kept reminding me. Prince Jake, there are only five of your minutes left. Then... What the? I stopped flying. I was looking out through the vent at a huge ballroom. But it wasn't the ballroom itself that made me stare. What is it? David demanded. Can we demorph? No, we definitely cannot demorph here. I said, staring at the incredible scene through my compound eyes. We have to get out of here. I broke off again, searching, searching. Room after room. I am not getting trapped in Flea Morph, Rachel said. We have three minutes, Ak said as calmly as anyone could possibly say those words. We reached an intersection of ducks. Straight? Left? Right? The vent to the right looked darker. Dark was good. Dark should mean rooms that were still closed up. I turned right. Instantly, I felt something wrong. 
Something off. There was too much dust. Too little air circulation. Too... Ugh! Something grabbed me. I was yanked out of midair. I flopped madly, but I felt myself being wrapped up in tiny, sticky ropes. I could jerk this way and that, but I could not escape. My wings were pinned down. My legs... What's happening? Rachel yelled. Okay, get a grip, Jake. I ordered myself. I stopped struggling. And that's when I saw. Radiating out from me in all directions were glistening ropes. The ropes were sticky, thin but strong, and they formed a pattern. A definite pattern. It's a spider web, I said. We're caught in a web. And then, with my all-directional dragonfly eyes, I saw the black, menacing shape hanging in the air above me. Eight legs. Eight cold, evil eyes. The deadly jaws worked. Open. Closed. Open. Closed. I was trapped in the spider web, And the spider was home. Chapter 13 Trapped by a spider. We were in the most secure building in the world. We were surrounded by the security forces of five nations, plus the Yurks, and I had been caught by a spider. The spider advanced, cautious, but not slow. It picked its way carefully across the strands of web. I could clearly see its bulging eyes, a pair much bigger than two pairs of smaller eyes below. And I could see the cruel mouthparts, specifically designed for tearing apart insect flesh. Two minutes, Prince Jake, Ark said. I'm demorphing, David cried. No, I roared. You'll be crushed inside this duct. I couldn't break loose of the web, at least not without some extra weight. I began to demorph, maximum speed. I was a two-inch long insect. A few moments later, I was a four-inch long insect with some very weird features. The web sagged. I hit the metal floor of the duct. What are you doing? Rachel yelled. Ah! Cassie cried suddenly. Cassie's hurt! David yelled. The spider kept advancing. I kept growing. I was five inches long. Already, my dragonfly features were being altered as human DNA began to reassert itself. My backward vision showed the fleas, separated by more distance now, as the flesh beneath them swelled. But one flea was no longer well. One flea was oozing blood. Blood was squirting out through the armored plates. My blood! My morphing body must have created a semi-human artery. The sudden surge of blood pressure had burst Cassie's insides. My mind was screaming. Cassie hurt. The spider's still coming on. My own body, this weird mess. But I was free of the web. I buzzed my wings. Nothing. I was too large. I had to remorph, get back down to dragonfly size. Shrinking. Too slow. And now the spider was bold again, advancing at an eight-legged trot. Its mouthparts were gnashing frantically. I was morphing as fast as I could. Mostly dragonfly again, and free of the web. But Cassie had fallen off. One minute, Prince Jake! Uck said, with a definite tone of desperation in his thought-speak voice. 
No, I'm not getting trapped like this. David screamed. No, no, no! He began to demorph. I buzzed my wings, lifted off, and spun quickly around in midair. I saw Cassie lying helpless on the floor. I swooped down, snatched her up in my jaws, and hauled like we'd never hauled before, back the way we'd come. But now David was growing, weighing me down. Too little time! I saw the grate. I saw the vertical slats. I folded my wings, shot through, and screamed, Demorph! Now, now, now! Five fleas catapulted off my back and spun through the air, growing larger even as they fell. Cassie! Demorph! I released her. I watched her tumble away, out of sight as she fell and fell, the millions of miles to the floor of the banquet room. I was shedding the morph by the time I lit on a narrow, curved tabletop. I can't get out of morph! Marco yelled. My heart stopped beating. No! No, no! Marco, keep trying! Keep trying! I was emerging myself, growing on the tabletop, wings disappearing, abdomen shrinking, legs thickening. My own eyes were emerging, and through them I could see someone morphing not a foot away on the table. But it was like no morph I've ever seen. The person wasn't changing, but simply growing. Growing as a flea. One foot long flea. Larger. Two feet long. Let me tell you something. There's a reason that insects gross people out. Someday, go find a blown up photograph of a flea, and imagine it becoming human-sized. It stood on six bristling legs. The body was the color of rust. It was narrow, as if it had been run over by a train. It was built of interlocking plates of armor. Its head was a hideous helmet, with a ring of spikes raked back all around the top and sides. At the bottom of the helmet were more spikes, like some horrible parody of a mustache. Two stubby antennae protruded. Saber-toothed tiger teeth stuck straight down. It had two black button eyes. Dead, soulless eyes. It was now a flea as large as a dog. Marco? I cried. Oh, please, help me! Help me! Chapter 14 I could not stand to look at the thing. Marco? I cried again. Marco! Marco, trapped in some hideous, oversized flea body? And Cassie? What had happened to Cassie? Suddenly, over the edge of the table, she appeared. She was fully demorphed. Her own self, even though I was still only halfway through the process. She looked right at Marco. She placed her hands on his sides, ignoring the sting of his bristles as they poked into her skin. The flea, Marco, tried to jump, but the legs that could fire a flea through the air were too weak to move the huge thing he had become. Come on, Marco, Cassie said calmly. Clear your mind of all the fear. You can do this. You will morph. Focus on the picture of yourself. Form the picture in your mind. Let go of the fear and focus on the picture of your own body. We were all demorphing. Rachel's head rose up above the table's edge. Then David. Axe. One by one, they assumed their own forms. One by one, they registered horror on their faces. We all stared. Stared at the monstrous flea. 
and at Cassie. And then, slowly, slowly, the armor plate began to soften into flesh. Slowly, the mouthparts retreated. The spiked helmet melted into hair. Slowly, slowly, Marco emerged. At last, he was sitting, his own self again, on the edge of the table. He looked at Cassie with his own human eyes, and he did something I didn't think Marco was capable of. He put his arms around Cassie's shoulders and cried. Thank you, he whispered. Thank you, Cassie. You saved my life. The rest of us were left staring at Cassie with expressions you could only describe as awe. Rachel moved close to me and whispered in my ear, Well, that sent a few chills up my spine. I nodded. Oh, yeah. That was like some kind of miracle, David said. Marco slid off the table and wiped away his tears with the heel of his hand. Axe sent me one of those hard-to-define and delight smiles, something they do with their eyes alone. I do not believe in miracles. I always said Cassie had a talent for morphing. And yet, this is something I have not seen before. Okay, Marco said, snapping us all out of our trance. Anyone bothered to notice where we are? I shook myself back to reality. Yeah, I noticed before when we flew past earlier. That's why I didn't want to come here. Until we had no choice. Ux, stay alert. Keep your tail ready. Rachel, we may need some firepower. What the... What is all this stuff? David wondered, looking around the room. And look at this room. It's like, huge. This, unless I am mistaken, Ax said calmly, is a small-scale, portable yurt pool. We were standing in one corner of the ballroom. It was three times the size of our school cafeteria. There were rows of long tables, covered in white tablecloths. Overhead were massive crystal chandeliers. A red carpet with a floral pattern was all around us. All around, except in a circle where we were standing. At each corner of the room stood a massive ornamental marble pillar, maybe ten feet in diameter. And yet here, in one corner of the room, was a stainless steel tub, about half as big as a backyard hot tub, right where the pillar should have been. No way, Rachel said, even as she began to morph into grizzly bear. Someone would have noticed, duh. There are security guys everywhere. At that point, her mouth became a muzzle. Rachel's right. There's no way to hide all this here, I agreed. Unless... Axe nodded. Yes, Prince Jake. I believe we are standing inside a hologram. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, I don't have too much to say in this one, and I'm on a bit of a time crunch, so let's just speed through these notes. Uh, thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact me regarding the episode, or questions, or about Animorphs or life, or anything, if you just want to say hi, any of that, there are multiple ways you can do that. You can do that through, for example, Gmail, that's Audiomorphcat, excuse me, Audiomorphscast at gmail.com. You can do that on Tumblr, Audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. You can do that... Uh, through my website, theapodcalypse.com. That's theapodcalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. 
You can also that through Twitter, at Audiomorphs. And that Twitter is also what you should be checking if this episode is ever late. That's where I will post updates on why that is uh, on that Twitter. Uh, if you'd like to leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, uh, you can certainly do that. However it is you do that. I'm not an Apple user, and they make it really hard to use Apple software if you're not an Apple user. Um, but if you are an Apple user, I'm sure it's pretty easy. Uh, so if you feel like it, go ahead and do it. If it's too complicated, then don't bother, because, you know, it's really not worth the time. Uh, you can also tell a friend. That's probably a more important way to support this, I think, um, is, is word of mouth, because I certainly know I trust people in my life more than I trust random internet reviews. Uh, if you want to see some of the other stuff I do, you can go to the aforementioned uh, website, theapodcalypse.com. Currently, the only really active thing I have going on is a second podcast. It's a rewatch podcast with my friend Jesse. We're currently rewatching Riverdale. If you are interested in that, uh, I know a big YouTuber just put out a video essay about how insane Riverdale is. Uh, we're in the middle of season three. Actually, we're wrapping up season three. Not too much left to go. Um, so if that sounds fun, hop on in. The water's fine. That's all I have for y'all this week. Um, we are getting into this book where we're, I think, past the halfway point at this point. I don't know. These things always sneak up on me. (laughs) Um, but until then, I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.